Jesus ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. Well, friends, here we are again, standing at the beginning of a journey. It's really an annual pilgrimage that we call Lent. These are days that are set aside for us, set aside for our growth, for our healing, days that are given to us so that we can have a kind of a sober understanding that we have a tiny, tiny place in God's enormous story of redemption. We get 40 days, 40 days for our hearts to be made new, 40 days for the dusty places in our souls to be aired out, and 40 days to let go of anything, anything that might come in the way keeping us from the powerful hope and great joy of the resurrection. Wow, how do we do such a thing? I mean, where in the world do we start? Well, according to Scripture, there's only one way to start any transformation, any new adventure of faithfulness, and that is wilderness. Abraham headed into the wilderness with his son Isaac to struggle with God. Jacob did as well. Moses found God and received a calling in a wilderness struggle. And then the whole nation of Israel began that long journey toward faithfulness in Yahweh. How? Well, through the wilderness, of course. And there's Jesus sent by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to fast and to struggle before he ever healed, before he ever preached a sermon, before he ever called a disciple. Jesus went into the wilderness and according to Scripture spent 40 days without food. And Jesus was hungry, really hungry. But when he was offered bread from the tempter, the liar, Jesus wouldn't accept it. He simply said, I need more than bread to live. I need more than bread to live. And that's Jesus' first lesson from the wilderness, our first lesson as we enter Lent. You see, each of us have a hole within us that is really impossible to fill. No amount of food or drink, no amount of money or success, no amount of Instagram likes or Facebook friends can fill this hole. That's why fun and friends, things and success, good grades, all of it will leave us unsatisfied, lonely, wanting more. Don't believe the lie, says Jesus. The hole in your soul, it can't be filled by anything, anything but God. Know that hole in your soul, it's a God-shaped 
whole. So in the wilderness, when Jesus comes face to face with what really matters, what's really needed for a life that can be abundant and vibrant, he quotes Deuteronomy 8.3, saying, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So as we enter the wilderness of Lent, my friends, watch Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Take the time to feel, really feel your hunger, your thirst. Slow down and let God enter that need, those concerns, those broken places, because we all have them. And allow God to fill the hole in your soul and once again bring you life, abundant life, life that is strong and perseveres beyond anything we can imagine. The devil led Jesus up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Amen. As I read through my news feed this morning, I was forced to ask, wouldn't it have just been better if Jesus had said yes and agreed to take the reins of power in the world? I mean, wouldn't it have just been better if Jesus could end all the suffering and oppression in an instant? Wouldn't it have been better if Jesus was in charge of the bombs and the guns today? it would have been a whole lot easier for Jesus to take that shortcut, that shortcut offered by the tempter to be exalted as Lord of all and avoid that cross altogether. And maybe it's tempting for us as well after the year we've all had and the news that we see to avoid this season of Lent and repentance and head straight for the good news of the resurrection. But Jesus reminds the adversary and us too that we are called to love and worship God alone. And that means following Jesus on the journey of Lent through the cross into the tomb and to the resurrection. You see, the temptation of the adversary is one of allegiance. Will Jesus align with the powers of the world or will Jesus align with the power of God's love? And Jesus' response is to recall the ancient Hebrew prayer, the Shema, that is said every Sabbath night. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And Jesus' life and ministry show us what this looks like then and now. 
It's a life of helping and healing and sharing the good news. It's a life of helping people who are hurting and hungry. It's a life of service and faith and witness to folks living in the margins. It's a life of sacrifice and selflessness all the way to that cross. Jesus' journey to the cross also shows us what God's love looks like. A love that is emptied out into the world through the life and death and resurrection of Christ. And it calls us to turn our allegiance away from the world's powers and to align ourselves with the power of God's love. May this holy season of Lent be a time for us to realign, to realign ourselves and our lives apart from worldly powers and principalities and toward that divine love that calls us ever closer. And may this season strengthen our allegiance with that love, that mercy and that kindness that knows no limits. May God's love abide and show through us as we walk this path together in this holy season of Lent. Amen. Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and he had him stand at the highest point of the temple, at the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to them, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Amen. The connotation of the word that is used there for test, it really means to trick. The devil is trying to trick Jesus. Like later in the Gospel of Luke, when there is a Pharisee that wants to catch him when he's doing something wrong, it's the same word that's used there. You see, the enemy of God, the accuser, tries to trick us. He wants Jesus first to just take Scripture out of context, to use it for his own benefit. He wants Jesus to proof text. He wants Jesus to force a miracle, to prove once and for all that God is who God says God is. What, Jesus, what he wants Jesus to do is to, well, to break that first commandment. You shall worship the Lord and serve him only. You shall have no other gods before me. In all three of the temptations, the enemy is trying to get Jesus to obey his voice, to meet his expectations, to choose his wishes over and above choosing God's wishes 
meeting God's expectations. I find it hauntingly too relevant for my life and for us today that one of the ways that Jesus is tempted is to serve another God. Let's face it, we're amongst friends here, Christian community. There are a lot of other gods tempting us to serve them. Oh, and they're alluring. Like the devil tempted Jesus, those gods often have to do with making ourselves look better. We choose to serve other gods because it protects us. It it makes us feel safe or secure. It gives us this sense of security, and we often get an immediate response. Notice the text. The scripture says that the devil takes him to the top, to the pinnacle, the very highest point it would have been in the city, on the top of the church in Jerusalem. This would have meant first a holy place for Jesus. I find it ironic that the first place, this, this last place that he takes Jesus to to be tempted is in or at least on top of a church building. Jesus knows that ahead of him, ahead of him are leaders that are going to oppose him. He's going to have things happen to him, like almost get thrown off a cliff, and people are going to spit in his face. He could bypass it all in this moment. This would have second been this place. It would have been the ideal spot for a spectacle. Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman would have dollar signs in his eyes at what could be with this event. It could have made so much money. Jesus knows that ahead of him, his ministry, he is going to show so many amazing things. He's going to do miracles. He's going to heal people. And yet people are going to choose to still not believe in him. He could have bypassed all of that disappointment that he probably had. He could have let everyone see the greatest show on earth. This act of jumping off of the temple, you see, it would have given the audience an immediate response. We won everything two seconds ago. But Jesus didn't give in to this temptation to serve another God. Jesus knows who God is and sets his intention on only serving that God. Now, I am not a yoga person. I have done it sometimes, and I find many things irritating about it. The the teacher always at the beginning says this, no offense to you if you're a yogi. The teacher always says, we're going to set an intention today. She says, so think about it. Is it there's a part of you that needs loosening? Do you just need to focus and calm your mind? Do you need to breathe? We set the intention, and then several times throughout the class, she will remind us of that intention, and this is the thing it actually works. By the end of the class, I'll realize, oh, my lower back is feeling a little bit looser. I am a little bit lower in my blood pressure and stress level. 
you all obviously wanted to start your Lenten journey with something significant because you're here right now or you're watching with us at some point in the coming days. We want you to set an intention like Jesus did. We don't want this just to be another Lent. But like Kevin and like Stacy said and the scripture proclaimed, we know that all of us are hungry and thirsty. Let's set intention to fill that with more of God. Let us use the time in Lent to focus on the Shema, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Maybe we'll consider a place or a relationship where we need to choose to serve God more. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.